So today on the Dad Jeans Podcast, I'm talking about how difficult it is to continually get up on this mic all by myself and talk about myself and my struggles and why the heck I'm even doing this. It's one of those weird things, like the first episode, it just came pouring out and I felt like there was unlimited things to say. And there are. It's just, I think I'm already entering that phase of, of second guessing myself, which is a consistent thing for me. I'll hype myself up about trying a new process or experimenting with a new medium, being creative in a way that I haven't before. And you're just, I'm just riding adrenaline. And then when it fades away, it's difficult to know how to push forward. It's tough. What's even more difficult now is I have experienced these cycles, these rhythms within myself for years. I'm 37. So like I'm pretty, I'm pretty acutely aware of how I'm going to respond and how I'm going to behave and how my cycles are going to fluctuate. And even still, even still knowing that I'm going to be feeling really hyped up about one thing and then slowly or maybe even quickly transitioning into a different state of mind where I'm really uncertain if my decision to pursue, say, this podcast was the right decision. Um, and then I'm battling with that lull. So here I am, episode three, and I'm in a lull, and I'm trying to position myself as somebody who can help you get through your lulls. And maybe I can, because I'm still here. I'm three years into my physical transformation. Uh, I'm 90 days or more into my diet transformation. I have kicked a lot of um, health ailments. Asthma is pretty much gone. Sleep apnea has gone way down. My sleep has improved. My, my moods have improved. I find my anxiety to be much more under control than it uh, ever has been. And I attribute a lot of that to you know, obviously life experience, but also I think it has a lot to do for me with heart health and, and blood pressure because I'm very aware. I'm very aware of when I'm in a state where my body, for example, let's say, let's say I was drinking the night before. The next morning I wake up with a little hangover and my heart is pounding out of its chest that accelerated heart rate, or maybe, maybe it's too much caffeine. Either way, the heart is really pounding. It's really working on overdrive. And I find that no matter what, if I'm in that physical state where my body is under just additional stress, my mind 
will synchronize with that additional stress and perpetuate the stress, perpetuate that stress into my mental state. And it's very difficult for me to control and to, uh, to level that when I'm experiencing it. Um, so I can say now I'm in a place where I feel like I have that under control and it's all diet. It's for, for me, it's all diet. It's exercise. Um, it's mindfulness. Mindfulness is so important. It's one that I'm working on. It's so difficult. Just being it, like simple in concept, but so difficult. Just being present in your body, in your mind, in the now, in the exact now. And I'm taking yoga classes now and we kind of talk about this. Well, the instructors talk about this and how being present in your body and just aware of everything and being in the now is so important because now, this moment right now is all you ever have. All you ever have is right now. It's the moment that you're in. And just think about that for a second. It's so interesting because everything that's in your head about anticipation or memory, none of it really exists yet or anymore. It's not there. It's just in your head. So the only thing that is actually real is right now. What is happening right now? And you can activate a whole other level of your own intelligence by just silencing your ego, being aware of that voice inside your head, talking about things, thinking about things, worrying about things, just quieting that down. And for me, what I try to do, which I find to be very effective for me, is I will focus on my body and how my body's feeling. And I'll start with breathing. I believe this is called transcendental meditation. If I'm wrong, somebody please comment. Um, I'm very much a junior in this whole mindfulness journey. But what I will do is I will just focus on my breathing, take deep breaths, deep breath in, and a deep breath out. And I'll repeat a few times until I start to become aware of my heart rate slowing down. And then from there, you can start to focus on different parts of your body, maybe parts of your body that are connected to the, the chair or, or the floor. Um, parts of your body that might be more stressed than they need to be, might be tighter. And then focus on loosening and de-stressing those areas. So that for me, I find to be a terrific way to just calm myself and block off everything else around me in the world and just focusing on me, my body, how it's feeling, what it's experiencing, and not thinking about anything. And it's, uh, it's a relief. It's powerful. So, I mean, 
that's one thing that I'm working on. Um, routines, routines for me. Well, what's that saying that we are all creatures of habit? I think that is one of the more true quotes ever made. More true quotes. Apologies for my grammar. I just, if I look back at my life, all the phases that I've gone through, back when I was so afraid, so nervous just to go out and be myself that I literally developed a routine to destroy my personality, mask it, poison my body, and allow myself to just experience whatever I was going through. Um, unfazed, unchecked, unaffected by anything around me. That's drinking. Drinking till you're numb and then you feel confident and comfortable. And that becomes a routine because, you know, it feels like it works. It really feels like it works because you will suddenly be okay to go anywhere to say anything and you'll get through it and uh, you'll wake up the next day a little bit hazy probably forget a lot of the horrible things you said or did. But I mean, to get you through that experience in your mind, at some part of your mind, it worked. So that was a routine. I think a lot of us have that routine actually, like to some degree. Um, I probably had it more extreme than, you know, you might have or other people might have. Um, I remember being in the military and it was almost our culture to drink our faces off um, before we went out to drink. And what I mean by that is as soon as we were off work, we would go to the liquor store. We'd each buy, it's me and my group, We'd each buy a case of 12 Alexander Keiths. We'd go back to the barracks and we'd drink those. And then we'd head out to the bar and start drinking. And this was almost, I want to say, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't daily because who can survive that? But it felt like it was daily. It was constant intoxication. And when I think about that now, it's just, uh, it, it just makes me think of fearful individuals who are unable to face their reality and who are unknowingly de delaying the inevitable. And the ine inevitable being the fact that one day you're going to have to face these challenges and experiences these social interactions, these stressful engagements, you're going to have to face them for real and learn how to get through them. Or you won't. And you'll never be able to, which is a sad thought. And I still have that inside me. Like, that's the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing that always freaks me out is no matter what I've gone through and all the progression that I've made, all the successes, all of the routine changes, I still have that part of me deep inside 
that is very much afraid. Very much afraid. And I'm not even sure what I'm afraid of yet, but I am so much better now at just calming that down. Especially with a lot of the uh, new health practices that I've been engaged in. Um, just constantly stressing the body, you know, with exercise, cold plunge, hot yoga, uh, all of these external stressors that uh, really wear the body out and get all of your adrenaline pumping so that when you're in a situation such as, you know, a conversation with somebody that you're nervous to speak to, you don't have that same flight or fight response because compared to what your body has been through with all of the, the physical um, exertion and, and external stresses that you've been putting it through intentionally for the purpose of bettering yourself, talking to this random fool is, is nothing. And so I think it just... I think these practices and these new and these good routines allow you to put things in perspective a lot easier. So here I am. This is episode three. And I want to be doing this multiple times weekly. I, feel, I have a lot to say. I know I do. We all do. We're all content creators. Every day we're creating stuff that's worth sharing. And we experience things that are worth sharing because we can all learn from others' experiences. It's tough though to do something like recording a podcast, especially when, you know, not making any money doing it. I have had such a profound transformation in my body, my mind, body and soul, I would even say, but I mean, what people are seeing on Instagram is my body and I have really changed a lot to where people, <laughs> some people don't even recognize me. And um, I was at uh, my cousin's wedding a couple weeks ago. And uh, uh, I saw a lot of people that I hadn't seen for years, 15 to 20 years. And majority, the majority of the wedding, I just spent having conversations with... Um, other guys, other, other dads, old friends um, who saw what I was doing and uh, they were inspired and facing similar challenges to what I am and had been in um, kind of becoming complacent in, in your life with your body and your health and just slowly allowing it to, to slip and it's so slow that you're not even fully aware of it until eventually it's at a point where <laughs> everyone's aware of it. So, I mean, having conversations with people like that and guys, all of you, I really appreciate every conversation that we had because I, I want you to know how inspiring it is for me to know that I have inspired someone else just by trying to better myself. 
I think we all want to better ourselves. We all know that we can be better. No matter how good you're doing, you can always do better. And why not? Why not try to do better, to be better, be healthier? If for no other reason, if you're a dad, if you're a parent, to stay alive and get as much time as you can with your kids. I mean, what the hell else do you want? My kids are so much fun. My son, Hugh, he's going to be three in August. He's talking up a storm. He's singing all the time. He's singing songs that I have no clue where he learned them. He is, he's everything. He's just so smart. Like it blows my mind. Like this kid is, I already know he's going to be way smarter than me. My daughter, of course, is going to be the exact same. She's one. So she's still, she's at the point now where her personality is slowly coming in. But my God, in two years when she's at the same age that Hugh's at now, I mean, I'm going to be so overwhelmed by these two kids. I'm not even sure what I'm going to do because I'm already an emotional mess. Emotional mess. But so thankful for the emotion that I have and that I feel because I feel like emotion is what has saved me. I feel like emotion is what can save all of us. If you think about it, if you think about what makes a human being different, what separates us from other animals and what gives us our power, it's emotion. It's the ability to love, the ability to hate, laugh, cry. Like these emotions are the catalyst and the foundation for so many wonderful and horrible things. Now, the reason why I believe emotion is what can save us all and what really saved me is because I spent my whole life not caring enough about myself, not caring enough about, you know, being the best I could be for others. But I always had a lot of love inside of me that I wasn't really sure how to access. And I like, I knew it was there and I knew it was going to come out. But it damn sure came out when I had kids, when I became a father. And I also think at that point I had made so many mistakes that I was just, and I was so unhealthy that I just kind of grew tired of being that version of myself. You know, you start to think about time, how much time you have left. We're not here forever. In fact, we're here for such a short amount of time that it's ridiculous to waste any of it. But the emotion that I felt, the love, the immense joy, wanting to experience milestones in, in every moment and just be there for my kids. I mean, that became my superpower. I am now an emotional wreck, but I'm also an emotional superhero because I, I'm figuring out a way, I'm learning how to do this better and better every day, but I'm figuring out a way to harness the emotion that I pour out internally and externally in a positive direction. And I think that's mindfulness. 
And in order to do that, in order to be, in order to excel at the practice of mindfulness, you have to be healthy. Your body has to be healthy. Like everything has to be in sync, mind, body, and soul. When you think about your soul, your spirit, you have to, I think at the, at the deepest core, the most basic sense and foundation, when you're talking about your soul, your spirit, you have to know, you have to want to be good and you have to know that you're trying to be good, a good person. Mind, body, and soul, you need it all to work together for any one of them to work. So I think that's a good place to start wrapping up episode three. You know, it's funny. I really wasn't sure what to say. And so my new approach has been to just start talking. <laughs> I know it sounds almost too simple to be exciting for you, but it, it's one of those things. It's like uh, a writer that will have writer's block, but they develop a routine to at least put down 200 words a day. And the whole idea there is once they get to around the 200 word mark, their creativity and their mind becomes activated again. And so this whole approach that I just tried today, just to start talking, was my uh, take on that. Because I have a lot that I want to share with you. I'm 37. But there's there's got to be, you know, enough content for me to get through a few episodes. And uh, hopefully one or two things that you can take away from that will inspire you to, you know, affect some positive change in your life. And I really hope that you do. Not saying that you need to, but we all could use a little bit of a, a boost. Let's focus on bettering ourselves so that we can better things for other people around us. Until next time, this is the Dad Jeans Podcast. The Dad Jeans Podcast is recorded locally in Toronto by Chromanier Audio. If you're looking to start your own podcast, visit chromanierauddio.com. They handle all the technical aspects of producing your show remotely or locally. And they're now offering a one-month free trial, which includes four episode recordings. Reach out today, chromanierauddio.com. Be sure to check out another fantastic podcast that Chromanier Audio is doing called the LC and Kel podcast. That's the letters LC and K-E-L podcast. It's an interior design podcast where they talk all things interior design led by Laura Collins and Kelly Lynn Armstrong. And it's a really fun show. It sounds like you're just hanging out with friends with the type of conversation that they have. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I highly suggest you check it out if you're into interior design. And we all should because we're all in interiors that should have a little bit of design to bring out the potential in the space, right? All right. Have a good one.